Good morning, church, and happy Sabbath. Let's begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day that you have given us to worship with you today, Lord. Lord, we claim the promise that when two or more are gathered in your name, that you are amongst us, Lord, that you are in our midst. So, Lord, we pray for the Holy Spirit to be upon us today, to be upon this message that you have 
um, given us to hear today, given us to um, be educated upon and to learn and to open our hearts to it, Lord, and open our minds to it, Lord. So we just pray that the message is um, received in the way that you want it to be received, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I found this quote by a Presbyterian pastor named Oswald Smith. It reads, the light that shines farthest shines brightest near home. You know, when you hear the term mission, mission field, missionary, you know, things of that nature, what comes to your mind? For me, when I hear of a, of a mission trip, I think of going somewhere abroad. When I hear mission field, I hear somewhere, I think of something far. When I hear missionary, I think of somebody who's traveled, you know, abroad to go and, and serve in the name of the Lord. And this is what I learned growing up, or this is what I, um, I guess, understood growing up in a non-religious home as to what missionaries do or what missionaries are. I grew up with a, a few friends. Some of them were of the Methodist denomination, and they would go on a mission trip to Mexico or Central America to help build buildings or churches. Um, I have friends who are Mormon who, you know, we all know that Mormons are, are really known for being missionaries. You know, they they learn the language of the country that they're going to uh, prior to going so that they could communicate with the locals of that area. And so for that reason, I think for me, that's why I always thought that a mission field is something that is a, is a place where you have to travel abroad to, you know, some, some um, poor country outside of the U.S. that we had to go to serve in the name of Jesus. But I also think it's also because, you know, we're told in the Bible to go to all nations, right? And so when we hear of all nations, we think of all nations outside of America. We don't usually think of our nation. We don't usually think of our own backyard. And that's the stereotype that I think we give to the term mission field. We feel as if we have to go to some impoverished country or remote area where we would need to provide food, provide clothing, um, basic medical needs. We want to share with them our finances, our skills, um, if we're building homes or repairing things for them. Um, but most importantly, we want to share the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. If you look around the community that you live in, do you see homeless encampments around? I know that in my community of San Pedro and other communities that I pass through, Wilmington, Harbor City, Lomita, um, Torrance, I see a lot of encampments. There's a homeless epidemic here in America, but more closer to home, there's an epidemic in our own neighborhoods, in our own backyards. Lately, this epidemic has been spotlighted on the news because it has gotten so bad. Um, you see it in the newspapers, you see it on the TV. Um, more recently, you, you hear about the homeless encampment in Echo Park. Um, they were shutting down Echo Park to do renovations. So all of the homeless in that area had to get moved out. And so there was this protest of, okay, well, where are you moving them to? How are you getting them shelter? What are you going to do with them? So this homeless epidemic that's happening is, is really big in America right now. These communities have the same needs as those we go to assist in impoverished countries. They need food. They need clothes. They need a way to keep up hygiene. 
especially since the pandemic began, so many places that they would go to to wash up, to get clean, um, have closed down on them. They can't go into those locations anymore. They need other types of services as well. They need alcohol addiction services, drug addiction services, mental health um, services. They need services just to get identification or social security. Um, you know, so many services that they need, but most importantly, they need to know the love of Jesus. And who better to, to provide that service than us, those who believe in Jesus? What are we supposed to do for our neighbors? Jesus tells the, the lawyer in Matthew twenty two thirty nine, when the lawyer asked, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus responded with two, two responses. But the second response is the one that I'm going to focus on right now. And the second response was, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. An interesting thing I came across when I looked up Love Thy Neighbor. There were numerous t-shirt designs that popped up on Google. And these designs say, you know, love thy neighbor, because that's what I was looking for. And on that shirt, though, it didn't just say love thy neighbor. It gave a list of who our neighbors are. It says, love thy Muslim neighbor, love thy Buddhist neighbor, love thy LGBTQ neighbor, you know, love thy, all these other neighbors. But one of the things that I found um, that was the same across the board, and to put it in perspective, each of these shirts are done by different people, different companies, but every single one of these, the first neighbor to love was love thy homeless neighbor. And I must have looked at 20 more shirts and they all said the same thing. Love thy homeless neighbor was first on their list. Acts chapter one, verse eight says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus has promised the disciples that they would be witnesses to him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And who are his disciples? As followers of Christ, we are. We are his disciples. We receive this promise too. Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, they're all neighbors, just like the area that I live in. Carson, Torrance, San Pedro, we're all neighbors. We can be witnesses to him in those areas and eventually, God willing, to the end of the earth as well. So it dawned on me, I don't have to go far away right now. I don't have to go to the ends of the earth right now. The neighbor who I should be on a mission for is here. The mission field is in my own backyard. Some of you may have seen my Facebook or Instagram posts about serving the homeless community in my area. My family and some friends of mine have been visiting the homeless in San Pedro since September of last year. We started doing this shortly after my son Connor and I served a few times with Fusion Ministries in San Bernardino. They have gone out to the homeless community in their area every day since the pandemic started. Actually, even before that. But it caught more attention since the pandemic. Every day they go and visit the same encampments in their area, roughly five encampments. They provide them with food and hygiene kits when available. But most importantly, they connect with them and hear their stories. They build relationships with them. 
So after I took Connor out with Fusion, I asked him what he thought about it. He said that he wanted to do that more often. So I agreed and said we do it in our own backyard because from San Pedro to San Bernardino, it's about an hour and a half away. For some, that seems like going abroad. You know, that's, that's a full mission trip all its own, going out to San Bernardino. So we decided to focus here on our own backyard. And even Fusion Ministries, they came out to support us one day. And uh, they came all the way from San Bernardino. This is a whole new mission field for them, you know, going abroad for an hour and a half away. And so there are three things that we need to do in being missionaries in our own backyard. The first thing has three parts to it. The first part is to pray. The second part is to pray. And the third part is, well, is to pray. The first pray is to pray for others. When we go on a mission trip, it's to serve others, correct? It's not for ourselves, although a blessing does come our way when we serve. But the main point of the mission is to share Jesus with others and serve the needs of people. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So we should start by praying for others, praying for those who are going out to serve. The second pray is to pray for yourselves or pray for ourselves. We need prayer too, don't we? We're going on a mission and many missions are to an unknown territory. Even if the territory is in our own backyard, there's so much unknown even there. We never know what or who we may encounter. It could be an RV on fire, which we've encountered. It could be a woman speaking about aliens, which we've encountered. It could be a passerby yelling at you for serving the homeless because they aren't happy with the homeless living in their neighborhood. We experience that as well. These unknown things can cause us to be anxious or nervous, cause us to be looking over our shoulders at all times just to make sure that we're going to be safe from the unknown. A verse regarding being anxious or worrisome that comes to my mind is Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Just hearing these words brings me peace. Knowing that God will make everything okay. We may even come across um, people who don't want our help sometimes. You know, you may want to try to give them something and they don't want it. Give them a bottle of water, they don't want it. Give them a blanket, they don't want it. There might be something that they do want though. But you may also come across people who don't believe in God. You know, we're there as, as messengers of God to, to share his love with them. But you may come across somebody who doesn't believe in him. We may even come across people who hate Christians. But you know, if God is with us, who can be against us? The last pray is to pray with others. I'm a firm believer that there is power in prayer. And when more people are praying with each other, that power is amplified. The power of not only praying for someone, but with someone. That is the power of prayer amplified. 
Okay, so step number one when we go out to the mission field was to pray, pray, and pray. Step number two now in what we must do when going out to our mission field is to serve others. Ellen White states in Christian Experience and Teachings 74.2, A Christian reveals true humility by showing the gentleness of Christ, by being always ready to help others, by speaking kind words and performing unselfish acts, which elevate and ennoble the most sacred message that has come to our world. You know, not everyone we are going to serve needs to be served. You know, kind of like when you open the door for somebody who's totally capable of opening the door themselves, but you do it for them anyways. They appreciate that kindness just because you open the door for them. So one way of serving others is performing a random act of kindness. You know, I've heard stories about someone leaving a rose on people's cars just to brighten their day. Now, I wouldn't suggest doing that because I've also heard stories attached to that of a rose being left on somebody's car who has a spouse or a significant other. And of course, that significant other, who may be a jealous type, gets all upset that there's a rose on, on their significant other's car. So I wouldn't suggest that. But what I do suggest is this other random act of kindness, which we all have heard before, um, called pay it forward. In some cases, it's somebody in line at Starbucks who pays for the cars, uh, for the drink for the car behind them. And then that person pays for the car behind them and so on and so forth, just kind of trickles down. Um, or again, it pays it forward. And you know, this is definitely a random act of kindness that, that I could get behind, um, just paying it forward. The reason why acts of kindness are so effective in outreach is because it gives our message credibility. You know, when you're, when you're, trying to share God's love, the best way or one of the best ways of sharing his love and bringing credibility to that is to be loving, is to be kind to the people that you are trying to reach. That is going to provide you with credibility. You know, people may not know anything about us. They may not even know that we're Christians. You know, what they will know, though, is that we have done something selfless for them that is not only unusual and out of the ordinary, but probably something that they have never experienced before as well. You know, so many people um, down um, where we where we visit, you know, we like I said, we visit there um, every week or every weekend, sometimes during the course of the week as well. We sit there, we talk with them, we um, just kind of hang out and just, you know, like we would do with any of our friends. We just sit and, 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 and give time, right? Give our time and give our love and give our attention to them. And for many, they're not used to that. It's it's out of the ordinary. They're used to they are used to people coming by and saying, "Hey, do you need some food? Here you go," and then drive off. You know, those are that's the kind of thing that they're used to. They're not used to people coming and just spending time with them. So, so when they say thank you to us for just coming by and just hanging out, and we say, you know. No problem. We had a good time. You know, we, we enjoyed your, the, the company and we say and we leave by saying God bless you. They know that we're Christians. They know that we believe in God. They know that we are there sharing the love that God has for all of us with them. As I mentioned earlier, there's a homeless epidemic here in America. And guess which state has one of the highest percentages of unsheltered homeless people in the nation? California. 
our state. The White House Council of Economic Advisors released, released a report that shows 47% of all unsheltered homeless people in the nation are here in California. That's a huge mission field that we have. You can exit almost any freeway and find someone with a sign asking for food or any type of assistance. You can come out of almost any grocery store and someone is outside asking for food or money. You can drive down almost any street and when you get to the stop sign and if there's an island there in the middle of the street, you can find somebody there with a sign as well. You know, it's amazing how far along God brings us when we walk with him. You know, I remember talking with, a, I remember taking a friend to the airport one time. And this was years ago, um, probably like early in my, in my walk with Christ. You know, so early on that my mentality was still very much so in a, in a, in a worldly mentality when it came to, to giving to the needy. You know, we were coming off the off-ramp to the airport and there was a guy with a sign. And so my buddy, he pulls out his wallet pulls out his last $5 and says, here, give this to him. And, and so I gave it to him and I was like, bro, that's your last $5. You're getting on a plane and that's your last $5. You know, aren't you worried that he's going to, you know, spend it on alcohol or spend it on drugs or, or anything like that. And so my buddy, you know, he, he says to me what his dad told him. He said, my dad told me to just give and pray. Pray that it will be used in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. You know, I think many times we turn away from those asking for money because of the stereotype that panhandlers or, or homeless people are all drug addicts, are all, you know, addicted to alcohol. We'll only use that money for those type of things. And that's just the stereotype that, you know, whether it's caused by media or whatever it may be, that's what many people assume that, they do with, with money that's given to them. But as I've walked further and further in my journey with Christ, my mentality towards the needy has changed. I no longer think of what are they going to do with that because I look at it as if they're my friend, if my friend asked me for $5, am I going to question my friend, what are you going to do with this $5? Are you going to use this for drugs? Are you going to use this for alcohol? You know, even if I know my friend has those kind of issues, am I going to question where he's going to use that $5? Most likely not. So that's the mentality I have now with, with giving to the needy. It's not up to me to decide what they use the $5 for or to worry about what they use the $5 for. We should just give and pray that they use it in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. God has opened my eyes and my heart to just help. Helping someone in need when we are able to do, when we are able to, or not helping somebody in need when we are able to, will be what separates the sheep from the goats. If we go to Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 to 46, it says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you, 
gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in? Or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Our mission field in the backyard is to serve others. Serve the needy. You never know who you are actually serving, so serve as if we are serving God. So just to recap, we covered step number one, which is to pray, pray, and pray. We pray for others, pray for ourselves, and pray with others. Step number two is to serve others through random acts of kindness and also serving the needy. And the third and final step in going out into our mission field is to lead those people we serve to Jesus. When I think of leading people to Jesus, I think of the Samaritan woman at the well. In John chapter 4, verse 28 to 30, after she speaks with Jesus, the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. The woman had a first-hand encounter with Jesus. I believe that most of us, if not all of us here, have had an encounter with him as well. Maybe not face to face, but through an event that was not a coincidence or luck. It's something that some may say they can't even explain how it happened. I say there's only one way, one explanation, and that's God. It is because of this encounter that we can go to people and do the same as a Samaritan woman, and thus tell them to come to Jesus. She went from the well to the city. We should take this as our example and go from our house to the neighborhood and lead people to Jesus. So if you look at verse 30 again, it says, Then they went out of the city and came to him. Why did these men leave the city to come to Jesus? It says in verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. It was the woman's testimony of her encounter with Jesus. And it will be our testimonies that we share with others that will lead people to Jesus as well. As we are serving others and getting to know them, we will be able to share a testimony that we have that is relatable to them. So they can see what God has done in our lives can also be done in theirs if they allow him to. You know, since the pandemic has closed many church buildings, 
obviously ours since we're doing this on 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 YouTube. We decided to actually bring the church to the streets, and that's in the. I mean that literally. You know, there was a desire for church from those we asked um, in the homeless encampments. You know, many of them haven't been to church in so long, and it's not necessarily because churches are closed, but because of their circumstances that they're in. You know, some may not feel welcome in church because they're homeless. Some may not feel um, welcome in a church because, um, you know, they might be showing up, up dirty. You know, the, the, the idea of attending church is, well, we have to be dressed up. You know, and many of them don't have the clothes to be dressed up. With the pand pandemic going on, many of them can't go and shower to freshen up to, to, to go to church. So with this desire from them of wanting to hear the word, wanting to know more about Jesus, we decided to start having a mini church service um, in between the two encampments here in San Pedro. You know, we have, we have special music. We have uh, a speaker who shares his testimony or her testimony. Um, and also, sometimes what happens is through the sharing of, of our testimony, somebody else will want to share theirs as well. So it, comes, it goes from being this mini church service to more of a fellowship now where we're all talking about um, what, what God has done in our lives. And... So we, we started doing that. So anytime the Holy Spirit impresses somebody to, to speak about what he's done for them, we just keep it going. You know, no matter how long it takes, we sit there and we listen and we just share with one another. Since January, we have conducted this outdoor church mini service um, on Beacon Street here in San Pedro in between the two encampments. Some from the homeless encampments have joined us. Some from the neighborhood has joined us as well. The story about the Samaritan woman at the well reminds me of a woman that we met while conducting our church service. This woman we met, her name is Carmen. I remember meeting her as we were setting up our area for church. You know, the, the, the zipper from the tent, you can hear it being pulled down. And you see this head just kind of pop out of the tent. And she's all, what are you guys doing? And we're all, oh, we're about to, you know, we're setting up for our, our, our church service. Would you like to join us? So she fully unzips the tent comes out and she joins us, sits there and listens to the message or listens to the testimony for that day. And she, you know, even kind of kind of shared when she, you know, had something to say. Now, after that Sabbath, she joined us again. You know, of course, we happened to be sitting up right around her, her tent area. But not only did she join us, but there was somebody new that joined us that day as well. And so after we were done, I asked, I asked him, I said, hey, you know, how did you find out about our church service? And he said, oh, Carmen told me about it. So I'm like, oh, cool. Carmen let you know that we're having church. Like, yeah, this, was, this is awesome. I'm glad you guys are having this. I said, cool. Next week, see Carmen again. See somebody else that's, that's new come through. And I asked him the same thing. Hey, how did you hear about our, our church service? And he said, oh, Carmen told me. So again, Carmen is sharing that there's a small church service that's going on. You know, if you want to hear about Jesus, come, you know, come come here. It's, it's, it's every Sabbath or every Saturday. Um, there was another time that, you know, our church service was already done. So we're out, you know, visiting our our, our unhoused friends. And 
um, this car pulls up with a, a few people in there and they're handing out burritos and other kind of food and they offer it to, to me and a couple of, uh, of our friends that are going out. And, you know, she's like, would you like some burritos? I'm like, oh no, we're good. We're, we're actually handing things out to, to our homeless, to our unhoused friends here. And she asked, hey, are you guys with that church that was, that was there earlier? I was like, I was like, yeah, that's, 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 that's our group. You know, that we, we have church every, every Saturday, every Sabbath. And I was like, how did you hear about a church service happening earlier? And they said, oh, Carmen told us about it. <laughs> so, you know, Carmen is really, you know, Lonnie has dubbed her the woman at the well for us. You know, she tells everybody about um, our church service, tells, tells everybody, hey, if you want to come here about Jesus, we have church. So Carmen to us is our woman at the well. And, you know, we should all be like the woman at the well. We should all uh, want to share our testimonies of our encounters with Jesus. You know, we were able to get to step three in just a few months, but it's because we did step one, which was to pray, and then step two, which was to serve. Through these steps, we were able to apply Christ's method in reaching the people. Ellen White writes in Ministry of Healing, Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with them, the Savior mingled with the men, or with men, as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. Then he bade them, follow me. You know, we've gotten so much, um, I guess, support um, from, from all over. You know, from, from, from friends, from people who've heard through our friends about what we're doing. Um, people from our church who have donated food um, to, to give out, other friends who've donated clothing and blankets and stuff like that. And, you know, when you, when you have the desire to, to do work for God, God is going to supply you with all your needs and even more so. You know, when I first started doing this, it was just me and Connor and Lonnie and the rest of the kids, um, you know, and in prayer, we're like, okay, God, how are we going to do this uh, with, with just our family? And so one day I was walking out of the post office here in San Pedro and Patty comes walking up. You all know Sister Patty. She's visited the church a couple times. Um, you know, we, we ran into each other at the post office and I told her what we we're, you know, what I was doing with my family. And she's all, I want in. I want to serve. We're serving here in San Pedro. This is where I live. I want to join you. And Patty is very good in communication, in correspondence. Um, she does things in, in prayer before she responds to give a, a very um, diplomatic response. Um, and so... That was one answer to prayer. Like if I'm going to try to reach out to people um, for any kind of assistance or whatever, she's the one to help me out with that. Um, in serving with Fusion, you know, they're out in San Bernardino, Loma Linda area. They have nurses and doctors that come with them to help um, tend to medical needs. I don't really have that in San Pedro. Um, but I prayed about it. And one of the guys that came out to here, when, when Fusion came out to here, he actually lives closer to here than San Bernardino. He just passed his boards to become a, a PA, a physician's assistant. So I was like, wow, 
God gave me a physician's assistant. So I have the medical person. You know, we're actually already able to um, tend to, to dressings of, of one of the unhoused people who got shot. Um, you know, I prayed for, you know, the possibility of taking care of somebody of, of, of haircuts. And God placed a young lady amongst us who had uh, her cosmetology um, degree or whatever. So she did a haircut service one day. She actually did it twice. One night we're out walking, um, out visiting, and one of the ladies had just this big knot, nappy knot of hair that was causing so much pain. And so she took care of that by cutting it out and giving her a nice bob haircut. And the pain was gone and her smile was from cheek to cheek. It's just amazing what God will do for you when you are working for him. And, you know, with this ministry, with, with reaching out to the unhoused, um, especially with young children that, that we have, it's, kind of, it's getting us all out of our comfort zones. It's teaching them not to necessarily be afraid of helping others not be afraid to go into areas that may seem seem um, filthy um, to, to serve others, not being afraid to get dirty to, to serve others. And it's been a wild experience, to say the least, and a blessing, um, to say the least, of, of what has been happening in our family and in the friends that have come out to to minister with us, to serve with us. Um, I know things are sketchy with the pandemic. Um, people are afraid to go out and be amongst people um, because of the pandemic, but that shouldn't stop us. A pandemic should not stop us from serving people for Christ. So what missionaries do abroad, we can do here in our own backyard. You know, if you're wanting to serve, you don't have to look very far to do that. You just need to find the need. And many times you'll find that need in your own backyard. You don't have to cross the sea to be a missionary. You only need to see the cross. And with those that you're trying to serve, show them where that cross is. God bless. Let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that this message that you gave us today touches the hearts of those who heard it or will hear it. I pray that it touches them in a way that lights a fire in their hearts to serve in your name, to serve those who are needy, serve those who are hungry, serve those who um, need to hear the glory of you, the good news of salvation, the love that you have for all of us. So Lord, as we close today, I pray that the Holy Spirit may bless us all and convict us to share you with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.